Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, let's go. Another edition of the Eagle Hour on Super Talk Mississippi. We're glad you're with us this afternoon. We're broadcasting from the Southern Bank Corps studios in both Hattiesburg and Laurel. Bob Getty, Kelly Center in Hattiesburg, Luke Johnson and Laurel. We're glad you're with us wherever you're tuned in this afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of Southern Miss and the Eagle Hour. A great place to take your family and a great place to cater your next event, whether it be for your business, your home, your church, whatever the occasion. Dickie's specializes in catering. They do a great, great job, and they would be happy to cater your next event. Patrick McGee from NOLA.com joins us every Wednesday afternoon. He'll be around at 140. We'll be talking about the New Orleans Saints, but we're going to do the whole show basically from uh, Louisiana today. Uh, we've got one of the great Southern Miss uh, defensive players of all time, Marshant Kenny, on the Eagle Hour from the great state of Louisiana. And let's get right to it, Marshant. Uh, welcome back to the show. Always a pleasure to have you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I love how this is turning into an annual thing and it's absolute joy so i appreciate you guys well we got one bone to pick with you though marchant uh you had this little ceremony down at fourth street bar and grill one of our great sponsors and uh nobody let us know we would have come and done the eagle hour that day uh to uh to commemorate your jersey being hung on the wall well i appreciate that man and, and it just was one of those of you know i live out in lafayette and Really, the best time to schedule it was during work hours, Thursday at 2. I'm sure we'd had a much bigger crowd, maybe in the PM another time. And, uh, you know, you guys not hearing about it or maybe after the fact, uh, you know, apologize now. And uh, But but uh, it was such an honor. I mean, I've I got to be honest, that's a staple of uh, Southern Miss and Southern Miss fans. No question. Marshall, I'm going to ask you a question personally now, and I want you to just correct me if I'm wrong about this. Kelly probably knows what I'm fixing to say. We had a, uh, I guess, a sports writer, or, or no, I, it was a cheerleader on the show the other day, and she was talking about they had won this big uh, award at some competition, and one of the things they won an award for was the Nasty Bunch cheer, and I corrected her, and I said, <laughs> you should not be using that terminology any longer. The real Nasty Bunch doesn't exist anymore, and you were part of the original and real nasty bunch. Should we still be using that moniker, Marchant? I, I tell you what, the transition into what's going on this season and what Will Hall is doing with this defense, I think it's about to come back and come back in full force. I mean, some some of the guys he's got, especially on the D line and the transfer portal, what have you. Uh, I got a feeling they're going to come and come strong. I wouldn't be surprised 
I don't think it's a reach to say it might be the best defense in the Sun Belt Conference before it's all said and done this season. So, but I know what you mean. You know, it, it's a it's a title that's thought. Uh, very highly, especially like guys like me, T.J. Slaughter, Adelius Thomas. So we, we don't take light of, of utilizing the nasty bunch uh, unless you really mean it. They're going to live up to it. <laughs> I completely agree, Bush. <laughs> Kelly, get in here. Well, Marchant, Kenny, now Luke Johnson has all the great statistics, and, and we're going to talk a little bit about heading into to, uh, to camp here in a moment because the Eagles will report tomorrow uh, officially. We, Luke mentioned on the show last week that, that you and your roommate at the time, Brian Burns, the, the snake feeding incident, which um, which we can go over in just a second. But I want to know, back in your playing days, uh, you were a Kappa Sigma. Uh, that's neither here nor there. But when you guys would go down on kick coverages, we understand that some Japanese diplomats filed complaints with the NCAA about some of the language that you and your teammates would use in kickoff coverage. Could you please tell us what in the world? Why would Jap- Why would the Japanese embassy be upset with you and your Eagle teammates? Oh, my goodness. Uh, you, you know, we, nothing was directed to any certain group or what have you, but there's no telling that some of the stuff that came out of our mouths back in the 90s. Um, kind of a funny story when I think of curse words. I mean, I got to be frank. I didn't have the cleanest mouth at times, especially when I was heated up. And I was raised by a nun in a Catholic home during high school from 13 to 18 years old. Sister Frances used to come to all the home games. And uh, a lot of times I come to the sidelines, you know, let's be frank, you know, beep, 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 beep. <laughs> and then sister sitting right there and, and I'd hear my name, Marshall, you know, what? And I'm like, oh, and I look up and like, sorry about that sister. So I don't know who I uh, all offended at times, but uh, nuns were offended at times, I believe. You know? <laughs> no, but something, something about uh, curse words in Japanese as you guys would go down in football coverage. And you know, Brian coverage. Burns, some of the stuff he might have said, you know, there, there's no telling, man, who, who we all offended at times. We, we meant nothing by it, and, but I, can, I, I cannot uh, remember that certain one, okay. i got to be frank. So, Kelly, that might be rumor right there. All right, well, now, well, let's, let's talk about the, the fact of this one, that there used to be an EA Sports video game that you were featured on, and as it turns out, Bob and Luke, Marchant was one of the slowest players in that version of the EA video sports game. True or false, Marchant, and your reaction if you were one of the slowest guys? True. What was ex- <laughs> excited about that, you know, Sega playing NCAA football back in the day was a big deal. And then sure enough, Southern Miss was on the game in 97, and I saw my number 43. All right, I get to play uh, as myself, which I obviously did. So I lined up at 43, and when it I say it took me for, forever to get from point A to point B on that game. I'm not lying, man. They didn't really help me with the ratings. <laughs> so you were one of the slowest guys, and they didn't they even didn't tell help you. me with the ratings, man. I'll just I'll leave it at that. Okay. All right, Luke, get in here with more champ. No, I can I can totally agree with that because I think my overall the first year I was on it, I was like an overall sixty, and that was one of the things that we actually did during two days. <laughs> Everybody would be in van, and you would hear these guys right after practice. They would race to Turtle Creek Mall to go to GameStop, buy the uh, buy the new game, and the rest of the afternoon and night, you'd hear them yelling and complaining about how how EA had, had downgraded them. Well, Marshan <laughs> camp camp starts uh, this week. Uh, guys report tomorrow, and and uh, of course when you and I played, a bunch of us lived in Van Hall, the original van, no longer there. But what are some you know when when this time when that would happen when everybody would report. And uh, Coach Dudley, Coach Funches makes us do those uh, conditioning tests and crazy stuff like that. What are some of the memories that you remember about those first two weeks of, of preseason? 
Well, some of the biggest things is obviously uh, we wore black and our colors black, gold, and, you know, offset jersey being white, but they always put the defense into black. So if you didn't come in shape for two-a-days in training camp, you're, you're pretty much done with that Mississippi heat and the sun beating down on your black jersey. Uh, I remember one practice, I was hanging out with Jim Gillespie uh, recently, and, I mean, about 16 of us fell out and had to get IVs <laughs> during one two-a-day practices due to conditioning. And uh, we were in shape, but uh, just that heat gets you, and it, it, it just tests you mentally, it tests you spiritually, it tests you physically. Um, you know, but that's the beauty of it. In, in a way, it's not to say I'm a glutton for punishment, but the beauty of it, it gets you ready for that first Saturday. And, uh, you know, that first game of the season is what it's all about. Uh, Latrell Pollard did it to me. Of course, he was one of your teammates. But I can remember those about about five fifteen. You would hear the uh, the end of the the door at the end of the hallway in Van Hall open, and you would hear that air horn. And then he would come down beating on the doors. And then you went downstairs. Miss Kim gave you breakfast, and you got taped up. And shoot, we were on the field, you know, by seven thirty. And it's just you know, two a days as we know it, you know, doesn't really exist anymore. And, and what I loved about that, and you can speak to this. Every team, you know, every team was unique. Every team bonded during that under under Coach Bauer. He always did things, you know, that you kind of felt like coming out of two a days. Each team had its own identity. No, I, I will agree with that. And while you, you probably back with that foghorn, you'd be dead asleep from from the end of two a day practices. Ready for a long night's sleep, and you slept so hard you'd wake up, you know, six five a.m. to hear that foghorn coming down the hall and wake you up. And oh, another day of practice, and uh, just got you out of bed though for sure. But, um, yeah, some of the things we bonded over. One thing I really remember is Coach Bauer, we'd be about a week into practice, and uh, we'd have our first practice in the morning and then get ready for our second practice, which was always the more grueling one, the PM one, but obviously the second one of the day. And uh, Bauer would surprise us uh, with, with going to the, the swimming pool out at the, the uh, student <laughs> center. So, you know, that, that was one of the things I always remember, it, uh, all us doing cannonballs and just diving like fools into the pool. But it was such a break in the day. And just things like that are some of the little things you definitely bond over. And uh, it makes you want to work that much harder for, for, for awesome coach like Coach Bauer and the staff we had. All right, we're talking to Marshant Kenny, one of the great all-time Golden Eagle uh, linebackers. We're going to you got another another few minutes you can share with us, Marshant. Absolutely. All right, we're going to keep Marshant uh, for another segment. Gives me a quick opportunity to remind you that you hear the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast every day on Apple Podcast, Audible, Google, Spotify, Stitcher. Tune in, or you can just tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. And the show is available to you 24-7, 365, and we really do appreciate all that tune in each and every day. You know, you're talking about the, we've talked about the image and likeness deals to the end of the earth, but Marchant EA Sports, didn't you guys didn't get any money for being on their game, especially when they, they downgraded your speed? I know they should have paid me for that. It was an insult, man. I was, uh, <laughs> you know? Back then, it was it was just postal mail, so I had to mail them. Hopefully, get get it back to me then. <laughs> More with the great Marshant Kenny. Don't go anywhere. Eagle Hour rolls along on a Wednesday afternoon. Stay with us.
tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back to the Eagle Hour. Second segment of the show every day sponsored by Campus Bookmart, our good friends on Hardy Street right across from the Southern Miss campus. And, of course, you can always shop mm-hmm. them online at campusbookmart.net. Uh, they're getting in all the football apparel right now, and uh, they'll have a great selection for you to choose from, get you uh, all fixed up for the opening opening game against Liberty University. We're talking to Marshant Kenny, one of the great uh, defensive players in Southern Miss football history. Marshant, new era for Southern Miss football, uh, moving to the Sun Belt, new coach now in his second year as a guy who played on what was arguably the best Southern Miss team ever. Uh, your your thoughts about where Southern Miss football is now and, and what you think the future holds? Well, first and foremost, it begins with Coach Will Hall. I believe in Coach Hall. Obviously, we know what he went through last year with the quarterback situation. Only 62 scholarships versus, you know, 85 this year. You know, he was quoted saying it was like playing uh, playing more or less a, a 2A uh, type uh number of players against a six-day, five-day school, you know, just put in the high school terms, just the number difference. So, they, you know, they were in there the first half of many games, second half, just kind of wore out just due to body. So they've got full 85 scholarships this year. Coach Hall has done an incredible job at the transfer portal. Top that with the geographical rivalries that are created naturally with the Sun Belt. Man, this is tying into a fun season coming up. Um, i got to admit, if it wasn't for – the Sun Belt, if we're going to another Conference USA season, I don't know if the excitement level would be so high. But Coach Hall, you know, he gets it. He believes in the program with the Sun Belt on top of that. Man, this is about to be fun. That Liberty game is going to be fantastic. It's a great way to start. Uh, of course, uh, Louisiana Lafayette or the University of Louisiana. Also, a Louisiana Monroe. Reggie Collier told me one time, Marchant, that hands down the toughest teams he ever played against, the hardest hitting just toughest football teams always came from the state of Louisiana. Why is that? I've heard other players say that as well. And there's going to be two that you, you know, uh, games against uh, Louisiana and Louisiana Monroe, you know you know what you're in store for. Yeah, I mean, down here, you're just surrounded by tough, hard-nosed Cajuns, man, from the southwest part of Louisiana to the southeast, and then you blend Bourbon Street in with that, man, you just make one heck of a crew. That's all I can say about that. Now, Marchant, <laughs> you may be a house divided because your daughter Gracie is headed to Lafayette as a student this year. What's going down, and do we need to call uh, Child Protective oh. Services over uh, this? <laughs> man, I pulled in all the stops. <laughs> I did a, a tour with her to Southern Miss. Up When I say I pulled out all the stops, we spent about five, ten minutes with Coach Hall. He was so kind enough to take time out of his day to see my daughter. And I'm like, man, we got another future Golden Eagle coming in here. And then we get back to Louisiana, and all of a sudden, she's a raging Cajun, man. So I don't know. But she's an amazing daughter. I'm proud of her. Uh, but part of me, of course, wishes she'd have went to Southern Miss. But she's going to have a great career at, at UL. Well, you may be like my father. My father told me that I could go to any college I chose to go to except Ole Miss, and he refused to send any of his money to Oxford. And so that's how, that's how I ended up at Southern Miss. <laughs> that's, that's my sentiments in this household exactly. There's only one school in America you can't go to. I, I don't care why, how you get there. If you go there, I'm not supporting you. That's Ole Miss, period. <laughs> now, Marchant, you were on the Liberty Bowl team, yeah? Oh, yeah, 1997 Liberty Bowl. Yeah, yeah, and I still say, me being 100 years old, I've seen a lot of Southern Miss football games. I still think that game against Pitt was the most complete 
game that a Southern Miss football team has played on both sides of the football. I think the best football team Southern Miss ever had was that year. Okay, yeah, that's, but, but I mean, that, that particular game, though, Marchant, would you agree with me? I appreciate that so much, man. Um, yeah, we scored three defensive touchdowns in that game. It was the biggest blowout win in the bowl season that year in 1997, 41 to seven. Um, and as you know, you know, a lot of people doubted us early in the day. Lee Corso for one on ESPN. And in the fourth quarter, I made him and the nation know not so fast, my friend in the camera. And a lot of people still remember that. And I think that was a great culmination of that season and that end of that we were the best team out there, you know, from, uh, non-SEC or whatever you want to call it. Well, the Pitt fans afterwards, I talked to some of them, and they said they were embarrassed. It, mean, was, it, was, a, it yeah. was a demolition. Yeah. You also, am I right about this, you also took the Southern Miss flag and stuck it right in the middle of the LSU football field. Have I got you, have I got you right about that, Marshawn? There's a picture to prove it. I'd be more than happy to put it again on. <laughs> I was there. I saw it. Absolutely. Well, I'm a Louisiana guy, and before I went to Southern Miss, I'm not going to lie, I was bled purple and gold. I loved LSU. They didn't offer me a scholarship, but what do you know? Next best thing to get them back is to beat them in Tiger Stadium and plant the flag in the middle of Tiger Stadium right in the eye. There you go. <laughs> and live to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Live to talk about it. And I'll talk smack. Everybody knows I lived in Baton Rouge for 15 years. I love mixing it up with those guys. Yeah, boy, I bet they love that, didn't they, Marshank? I bet that one oh, yeah. really big. <laughs> Luke, get back in here with Marshank, Kenny. You know, we look back at, at the defenses uh, you were on. Um, Go back to that Liberty Bowl game. I mean, just the the craziness that came about from the minds of Thompson, uh, Womack, and uh, you know then then Ty Nix. I mean, you guys prowling around, defensive linemen standing up. Was when when that defense that concept you know got got perfected? Was it just you? What was going through your mind when you know we're about to send six or seven on a blitz, maybe even eight, because Sertain, you know, is locking them down at the on, on the on the corner. I mean, it just there was so much anticipation pre-snap watching defenses in that time. Uh, I mean, as far as a, a eleven uh, starter defense, the talent we had was unprecedented. You can just say that. In, in the simple terms, as 10 of the 11 starters went to the NFL in one form or fashion. I mean, that, that's, that's just unheard of in a way. And um, But I always like to say the 96 game at Georgia to really kind of kick things off because we were a traditional kind of 4-3 defense in 93, 94, 95, just kind of doing our thing successful. But in the offseason, uh, defense coordinator John Thompson went to a lot of sites and, and, and coaching visits to, to pick people's brains. And he came back with this scheme where at times, if you remember, we didn't have a, have a lineman down. No one had ever seen this kind of, of madness and just blitzery, you know, in, in college football. And, and I say the Georgia game because they had seen 4-3 in the offseason on, on tapes of us and the video. And we came in with that scheme and, and, and system, and they did not know what hit them. Their quarterback, Mike Bobo, one time was hit so clean by Cedric Walther off the end, I literally thought he died. And uh, that kind of set the tone for that game, and it was just from there on, you know, that defense was hell to deal with. And I credit, I know players have to play, but damn, we had one hell of a defensive coordinator in John Thompson. You did. I think the only losses you know, uh, for the for the '97 team, you know, we're we're against um, it was against Bama. Was it Florida? You guys started yeah, Bama, with Florida, Florida Tennessee, and I like to say I love Lee Roberts in that crew. But man, if we had a little offense 
in that game after to kick off the season, <laughs> if we were de- they were defending national champions. Just a little offense, we win the game. You know. <laughs> so, well, Lee Roberts is going to be on this show Friday. We'll be sure. We'll tell him I said that. Hey, tell him I said Lee knows I love him, but he knows that's fact. It's a little offense in that game, and we win. <laughs> well, those were great times, weren't they, Marshan? I mean, when I, we hear guys like you talk about that, Kelly and I were old, we're old enough to have been on the front row during those great years, and uh, it was just it was magical. It's hard to it's hard to put into words to maybe younger fans who who didn't get to experience. Am I right about that? It's so true. I mean, you know, you hear about Boise State in the two thousands. You hear about what have you? You know, G five teams. You know, being the best in America, we were that team. I mean, you know, um, we were, you know, non-SEC, non-Big Ten. You know, Southern Miss was the name. You didn't want to play those guys because they were going to pull off an upset once a year, maybe twice a year, of somebody they weren't supposed to beat. It was just a fun time. You always thought you had a chance in a game no matter what, no matter who you were playing. Yeah. And um, and the fans, man, that were there, God, they were into it. And nothing- You know, uh, my wife... Just real quick, my wife is a Kentucky born and bred. She was an SEC fan of, of the Wildcats for years, and she's come in. We got married last year, and she saw a full, full football season uh, from Southern Miss, and she's all up in the social media too with with our fans. And she she says pound for pound, the people who love it, man, they just love it. And uh, we're trying to get back to that, and I think we will with Coach Hall. He gets it. And uh, but what well, it's nice to see an outsider, my wife coming in and really, really seeing just how passionate this fan base can be. Who knows how it can be? And and there's nothing that frosts another team's butt when you go in there and they write you a big check for you know 1.8 million dollars and you kick their butt. Yeah. You know, and you, oh, man. And you <laughs> use the word upset, Marchant, but really for Coach Bauer and you guys, they really weren't upsets, were they? You you went into every game fully anticipating to win the game. There, that was it, man. You know, like I said, '97, we're kicking off the season at Florida, the defending national champ, Steve Spurrier squad, and and we felt we were going to win. I mean, we just watched the film and we we knew what we had, especially on the defensive side of the ball, and like, we match up well with all those guys. And and you know, like I said, give Lee Roberts a little help. We had a little more offense. We win that. One. Well, we're going to pass <laughs> that along to him Friday. That that is a promise to you, Marchant. And, and Marchant, you talked about ten of those eleven guys going to the NFL in some way, shape, or form. Who was the eleventh? And what's amazing to me, because he was more talented than me, was Latrell Pollard. I, I don't understand. We're in the Hall of Fame yeah. together at Southern Miss, and Latrell was – I, I don't know. <laughs> I can't explain that, but I thought he'd win even before me. So. Well, it was the NFL's loss, that's for sure. All right, Marshall. Absolutely. Always great. Can we get you back on uh, during football season some this year? No, oh, I'd love to. I'd love to. I'm going to be at the games. I've got my season tickets, Eagle Club membership, and all that good stuff. So anytime, I bleed, I bleed black and gold. All right, my friend. We appreciate you. Marshall. Kenny, everybody, one of the great Southern Miss Golden Eagles of all time. You can tell that him being fired up, that's genuine, isn't it? No question. We'll be right back. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. I want to thank Marshant Kenny for joining us early in the show. Still a good guy to have if you're in a bar fight. Be you got good that to, right. Be good to be with Marshant Kenny when the fight breaks out. 
Campus Book Mart uh, sponsors the second segment of the show at 4th Street Bar Grill sponsors the third. We appreciate them. They just actually retired Marshant's jersey and hung it on the wall at 4th Street Bar and Grill. And I'm going to reach out to Slag, uh, guys. I think we got to get down there and do the Eagle Hour here closer to football season uh, from 4th Street. Uh, always a lot of fun. All right, Patrick McGee from NOLA.com joins us each and every Wednesday. All right, I'm going to get straight to the question I've been waiting all week to ask you, uh, Patrick. Deshaun Watson gets a six-game suspension for allegedly molesting 30 women, I think 22 of which he has settled with out of court, if you're wondering if it's true or not. So it has to be off the table now about suspending Alvin Kamara for any period of time because he got in a fist fight in Las Vegas. Yeah, well, I mean, it, I think that's that was everybody's reaction whenever it came out that Watson was only getting six games. I guess there there remains the option that he could be suspended further if the NFL Goodell steps in and decides that he's he needs more than that. I don't. It's just I don't know. We'll we'll wait and see. But when it uh, puts into perspective what Kamara did, and which is not good. I mean, it was dumb uh, what Kamara got involved with, and there's there's footage to prove it, and it's pretty concrete as to what happened. Um, I guess his lawyers <laughs> argue otherwise, but I just uh, I. I I, it's hard to see him getting more than three games under this scenario when you compare it to uh, Deshaun Watson. It, it's pretty foolish of the uh, of them to come forward with a six game suspension. It, I mean, that's just at the very bare minimum. I mean, a half a season seems, you know, just the absolute least they could have done. And to do six games is pretty well a joke. I mean, well, that's, but well, that's that's my opinion. And it's also stunning. I, I saw this last night where the where the owner of the Cleveland uh, Browns spoke out about how Deshaun regrets hurting anybody and uh, how he's going to work hard to redeem himself and how the Browns fully support him. I think it's a. I think personally, it's a black eye for the NFL and a black eye for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I mean, in their in their investigation, you go through it. It's, it's almost an acknowledgement that yeah, Deshaun did some things that were wrong through this. Well, if if you have determined that there is, you know that a lot of these allegations are real, how you can come up with the conclusion of six games is uh, just is uh, astonishing. I mean, other, it's, it's really weak. And the other thing, if you'll peel this back a little bit further, he knew this was coming, just logically, because he got most of his money. He didn't the, lose much money at all. No, because he got most no. of it guaranteed and up front. Right. All right, so he knew that if they were going to come back and suspend mm-hmm. him X number of games, his per-game salary is very low compared to other quarterbacks in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He was smart enough to get all that money guaranteed and up front. So he well, wouldn't... his lawyers are smart enough. He's apparently not very smart. Well, but, yeah. but I mean, he has to sign off on all that stuff. But I'm just yeah. saying, whoever's, whoever's with him was smart enough well, to do it's that. It's disgraceful for the NFL yeah. to, to basically sugarcoat this the way it is. My, and I said this yesterday, I think he ought to be banned from playing in the NFL. And if Kamara, if Kamara gets like even a three it's, or four, it's outrageous. They ought to hit the streets in New Orleans and say, this is ridiculous. I completely agree. You agree with that, don't you, Luke? Yeah, I think so. And, and because this affects the Saints, Patrick, you know, you're looking over at Calvin Ridley, 17 games, a complete season for, for betting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the Saints, you go back to the Sean Payton kids that's been there for a full year. Uh, yeah, with the whole you know bounty. I mean, it's. It, I mean, the Saints have always been kind of on the short end on the stick for a long time now on these disciplinary matters. So the Saints fans are pretty sensitive to this. And and let me point out one thing: it was very stupid for the Saints to ever pursue Deshaun in the first place, and they're very lucky 
not to have ended up with them, even if they would have had them for 10 games this season. No question. No question. The Saints um, are a better organization than that. And, and so, you know, early impressions of, of Jameis Winston, he threw the ball pretty well yesterday. Yeah, I, I think everybody's pretty – I think he had a little bitty hiccup there to start things through a couple of interceptions in the open scrimmage or the open practice on Saturday. But otherwise, he's been really, really uh, good. Everything's kind of signs pointing the right way. You know, he's, he's thrown well to Olave, and uh, he's got so many more receivers to throw to now. It's it's really insane. You forget a guy like uh, Kurt Merritt, who's uh, uh, yeah. having a really good camp. So it's it's just like – do you trade one of these receivers at some point just because you got so many of them? I, you know, it's it's a glut. You go from like having nobody to having too many. It's nuts. Yeah, and and kind of in the mix in there too. Um, two two questions: Is is this the top five receiving core in the NFL? Secondly, what's going to happen at tight end? Yeah, and and I think they're pretty encouraged by the way Troutman's looked. Uh, you know, Taysom Hill got hurt, but. Uh, Luke and I talked recently. I mean, it's, it, how, how Taysom fits in at tight end remains to be seen. Uh, he's had a rib injury, and he's, he may be out for a little bit. Uh, so he's going to be behind the eight ball, and maybe by the time the season rolls around, he may be kind of working his way back into the role similar to what we saw before because he really needed a full training camp uh, to get ready to contribute at tight end. But tight end's not, not the greatest spot, but you're looking really good at receiver. Good stuff. All um, right, now, Patrick, you tied up a little bit, I understand, uh, on Twitter, which is a uh, platform I'm not involved in, but uh, tell us what happened. I understand you really came to the defense of the black and gold, Patrick. Well, it's – it's. I mean, it was all a result of just being able to pick apart the uh, uh, the the argument made by Mississippi State and Ole Miss fans. I've heard it all my life. I'm from Mississippi. I know what – Kind of, I know the the way these people think, and at the end of the day, these people just don't want to have to go to work on a on Monday and have to deal with somebody else other than Ole Miss or a state fan. If they have to throw another one into the mix, that's just more grief they have to deal with. So it's easy to kind of make fun of and poke at them uh, because it's you know the argument is made that by them is they they shouldn't have to play Southern Miss and it's 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 almost beneath them and it's it's. The arguments they make are very silly, and it, and it, it really casts them in the light of being kind of little fragile little babies. And that's just that's just fragile. The way it is. That's a great word. Well, well you know, <laughs> all this the kerfuffle, kerfluffle. Uh, well, there's another was, word. Was because Will Hall was asked a question at at um, Sunbelt Media Days just about do you want to play Ole Miss or you know, and Will and of course Will's like, yeah, I want to play Ole Miss, but. You know, keep the money in state, but I don't have any say in it whatsoever, blah, blah, blah. And so then, you know, cer- certain people on Twitter uh, started started making noise and Southern Miss social media rose up like they do. Um, and here's what I've been hearing, though, Patrick, from just kind of the average fan. Like, why would we play Ole Miss when we can play Ohio State? Why, why would we, um, why would we, you know, want to play teams when we're going to get more money, you know, in another way. And and I think the, the the rub here on the Southern Miss side, we didn't talk about it last week, but here's what it is. Ole Miss has never played in an SEC, uh, has never won an SEC championship in football. They have an all-time winning percentage of 46%. Since 2003, they have a SEC winning percentage of 38%, which does – in, and it'd be less than that. That's counting the wins that they had already had to vacate. And so Southern Miss fans see them and say, how dare you look down on us, haughty, when um, you have historically risen as a bottom feeder, and you're the result of of not really competing in the SEC apart from a few seasons, and yet you have the audacity to look down on us, I feel like that's the rub that Southern Miss fans feel. 
Yeah, and, and Ole Miss is, you know, just does not want to come to Hattiesburg. I think maybe they could probably pull off a deal where Ole Miss would give Southern Miss a payday game, but they're not going to get as much money. And like you would point out, probably Alabama or Ohio State or a Penn State. Uh, you know, so it's – I don't know. I, I it's, it's exhausting. This conversation has been going on for so long, and and I just get tired of it. Because I mean, at the end of the day, these teams should be playing because I think it's to everybody's benefit. And you know, and they just don't want to. You know, they just don't want to give Southern Miss any more credibility than they already have. No, they won't I even mean, play in basketball for God's sakes. And yeah, we, we all yeah. know how easy that would be to schedule basketball games. Right. Right, and 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 at least give Bianco credit for being willing to come to Hattiesburg. Hundred percent. Ole Miss baseball is a completely different, completely different approach. Yeah, and it's because you know State only plays Southern Miss and Pearl in baseball. So it's it's, yeah, it's because it's because there's mutual respect, and that's because of Mike Bianco. That's that's the only reason. You know um, that is. I, I wanted to. I just wanted people to be aware. Of you know the what the common sense you stated the best thing Kelly and Bob that he said last week uh, was quote when you've lost forty times to Vanderbilt there are so many fragile <laughs> egos involved that's great Patrick that's and, awesome and, you know what's also unique about that situation is you look uh, at Mississippi State they'll pl- they'll play the Eagles in football but they won't play them in baseball except in Pearl. Ole Miss will will actually come to the Southern Miss campus and play in baseball, but they won't play them in football. Yeah. So I mean, what's what's and, the and difference? And not play in basketball, which to me that's just befuddles me. Yeah, that's the easiest one to book. That, that's really yeah. Well, I almost get the basketball thing because it would be an RPI killer. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you yeah. Could be, could be for both teams, probably, <laughs> probably. Yeah, it would yeah. be like a double yeah. RPI killer. No, all all Ole Miss would do. They would cancel it the Monday before the Tuesday game, like they do in baseball. That's why they would do it. <laughs> right, exactly. Like they did against Louisiana Tech in baseball a couple of years ago. They have the two games set going. They got shellacked the first night and developed COVID overnight. Yeah, amazing how that works. It was amazing, yeah. Patrick. We appreciate you standing up for the Golden. Eagles, as you always do, my friend. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Patrick McGee, everybody, from NOLA.com, a true Golden Eagle, we uh, should say, and a great source for New Orleans Saints football. You know I am the newest fan of the Saints, right, Kelly? Well, uh, apparently the Commanders have had a lot of people jumping ship when their first practice game they had, what, a hundred or first practice they had a hundred people there? And I'd like to know what those hundred people were thinking. They were they, they just don't have a life, do they? Either that or they hadn't been to bed the night before. Well, I for think they reason. thought Lionel Richie was going to perform, you know, the Commodores, oh, but, but he didn't show either. Could be. He didn't even show. You know, so they all showed up saying, say you and say me, right? <laughs> Nobody shows. We'll be back. Final segment on this middle day of the week. Eagle Hour, Luke Johnson, Bob Getty, Kelly Sander from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg, and Laurel, D-Bad and D-1, close out the Eagle Hour for you every single day. 
sponsoring our fourth segment located on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, dbathattiesburg.com. Appreciate Marsha and Kenny joining us. If you missed that interview, the first half of the show, you can go back, check it out a little later. Super Talk's website on demand, as well as Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Audible. We're on all of those platforms. And um, should be uh, it, was, it was a really good interview talking talking to Marshan. All right, tomorrow we got the big boss man himself, interim president at Southern Miss, Doctor Joe Paul, who taught me guys as a freshman. Um, he taught me a leadership class, and uh, I don't think he's missed like a Southern Miss baseball game in like multiple years. Um, and so it'll be fun to have him on. And and I mean, as a, as a Southern Miss guy, Joe Paul is Southern Miss, and I thought it was a very good choice for him to be interim president. But big man on the show tomorrow. Uh, we do have some bad news. Am I right, Kelly? Well, Kelnack, the majestic visitor from the East, was scheduled to be here this coming Friday. Mm-hmm. But apparently Nancy Pelosi has dropped in on him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's a, Since she's in the Far East. He lives in <laughs> yeah. Taiwan? No, but on her way back, yeah, I guess. Yeah. And uh, 108-year-old Nancy so Pelosi. So he's trying to make had. heads and tails out of what she's even saying. Right. Um, so, Which that'll show how mystic he is if he can do that. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, the good news is nobody, not one American soldier has died in the Middle East in the past month, but three congressmen have died of old age. <laughs> correct. Exactly correct. So he may be rescheduled. Is that what we're hearing? Yes. Next, can next you reach out to Phil Hall for Friday? Is that possible? Yeah, that's possible. We could talk to that Phil. That would be great. Phil but you, and you guys, first day of camp. I mean, you, you got to know what his brother's thinking. a great time if you could reach out to Phil this afternoon. All right, we'll see if we can get Phil for Friday morning. and Because and, the, the guys do report for camp tomorrow and then the first practice on, on Friday morning. And we're going to be you know out at a lot of practices, and hopefully we can right. get some sound bites with these guys. And I know this is a, a Southern Miss sports show, but... But on a personal note, I just want to I just want to say how much I personally will miss. Um, you know, word got out this morning that uh, former CBS broadcaster and voice of the Los Angeles Dodgers for gosh sixty years, or whatever, Vin Scully passed away at the age of of ninety four. And this was a guy that was the absolute consummate professional. Is one of the people that I tried to pattern myself off of. Now, remember, this was this happened. Craig Tatum, who's from Hattiesburg, you know, was originally with the Orioles, got traded to the Reds, made his big league debut um, in with the Reds against the Dodgers in L.A. So I'm listening to the broadcast because Craig is, I coached Craig when he was, you know, Dixie Youth here in town and, of course, making his debut at Dodger Stadium. Vin Scully in his mid-80s at that time. Craig Tatum comes up to bat, and you would have thought that Vin Scully was Craig Tatum's next-door neighbor. He knew everything about Craig Tatum. He knew the fact that he was a great swimmer when he was a little kid, and that's where he started his sports career. He knew where he went to school. He knew his batting averages in college. It was amazing the detail that Vin Scully, in his mid-80s, knew about a guy who had never stepped on a major league field. Well, he was yeah. old-school professional, and there's a lot to be said for that. And uh, unfortunately, most of those guys are, are moving on to the next one. Two things about Vin Scully. One of my favorite audio sound bites is somebody got him several years ago to, to just read a grocery list. And it was engaging. <laughs> yes. Like, he just read a grocery list. It was, it was really cool. But I was watching SportsCenter had um, – had a, a tribute for him last night, and you know he was on the call when when Hank Aaron hit seven fifteen, right? And so you know the, I was I was watching it, and what what is uh, Scully going to say? And as soon as the ball went over the fence, there was nothing. He didn't say anything, 
and they had Vern Lundquist on there, and and Vern said what happened was as soon as the ball cleared the the fence, Vince Scully got up and turned around and put his back to the field, and it was his way of saying he did not want his voice interfering and drowning out the moment well, of seven fifteen, yeah, and, and that was incredible. Right. Sometimes it's better to shut up. And, and and let people enjoy the moment. Less is more. Sometimes. Hey, real quickly, I want to congratulate Mo Bay Beignet Company. They were voted the best new business uh, in the Pine Belt. And, of course, we love their sponsorship of this show, and we love the product. They make delicious beignets uh, as you order them. They get great coffees, frozen coffees, cold coffee, hot coffee. Really do appreciate them. Also want to thank D1 and D-Bat for sponsoring the last segment of our show every day. How lucky are we to have a state-of-the-art facility like that here, Kelly? And it's air-conditioned and meticulously clean. So Yes, and it is it is the home of the famous Luke Johnson. Was it 7.2? 5 5'2". Now, it's probably, it's probably up now to about a 5'3", since Mobe Beignet has entered my life. <laughs> uh, you, you can't decide whether you're going to be buttercream or cinnamon. So, again, for the second day in a row, guys, two both. You just want, you just want two cinnamon both. and buttercream. We have great sponsors, and... Uh, Adcock Pool and Spas are coming on as a new Eagle Hour sponsor and uh, new ownership there. We'll be talking about that next week. Uh, so we appreciate all the sponsors and all of you guys that, that make it possible for us to do this show every day. We'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss. To the, to top. the top. Mississippi Media Production.